We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, CMOS girlies. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to your favorite pod. I'm here with Emma. You know, it's almost March. I feel like February has just flown by and I'm super excited to pod today. How are you doing, dog? I'm doing good. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're starting to experience the early days of spring because it is now light out when I leave the office and therefore I don't want to die when I'm heading back home. Um, It's really amazing what sunlight can do to you at like 5 p.m., but I'm good. If my voice does not sound like my usual self, it's because I went out on Friday and I don't know if it's just like something wrong with like my vocal cord or whatnot, but like I am such a delicate flower when it goes to going out because like I just automatically lose my voice and granted I don't go to like loud bars or like loud concert venues anymore in my life um, because I'm boring um and I also just don't know if it's because like I don't talk a lot during the day and so like when I am out like socializing with people like my voice is like what the hell is going on I just have like terrible endurance um but yeah like woke up Friday or Saturday morning not being able to like speak and I was like this is really great um, as I'm about to go and teach swim lessons, Love. um, if girlies have any tips on like how to not lose your voice when you go out, I probably just need to not scream. Um, yeah. but it happens to me every single time. That's one of the reasons why I don't enjoy going out because I don't like this feeling. Yeah. Bars need, really need to figure it out with like the volume of music where you can still have a conversation, but you still can hear the music. I feel like it's either the music is at decibel level, you cannot hear it, or you are screaming and then, you know, if you lose your voice, like you mentioned, I'm kind of the same way, but a different thing where I will just go days without saying a word out loud. This was really amplified when I was in Paris because I don't speak French. And so maybe the only words I said out loud were like what I would eat if I went to a restaurant in the day, because no one was expecting me to speak like people that were at stores and stuff just didn't really talk to me because I only could speak English and then like in New York I just film videos and like talk to my phone like a fucking freak because that's my job and so sometimes I have to speak out loud and test to make sure my voice is still there um and that I can still hold conversation or I'll start trying to film a video and I can't get through a sentence and I'm like wow I I don't know how to produce a sentence today so it's it's tough out here for the CMOS girlies um Emma and I will just communicate with you girlies via memes um, now, but um, I'm good. I kind of had a big week and I'm ready to just recover and get back into my routine. I was in Flagstaff, Arizona the past week, which I know all the CMS girlies want an update of. Also, shout out to like a few of you that I crossed paths with, paths with in Flagstaff. So if you don't know, I was down there. I'm training for a marathon and Hoka has a professional running team and they're all based in Flagstaff. Now, why Flagstaff, Arizona, the elevation is really crazy there. It's like 6,000, 7,000 feet of elevation. For reference, that's like how, um, if you're not like a running person, I also didn't even know this and I am a runner, um, that's how high you are. So that's like if you're on like a mountain or if you're just higher up um, based on what state you're in, what city you're in, 
So New York City, even though like you could be on the Williamsburg Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge, you only get up to like 200 feet of elevation. And so when you go to a place like Flagstaff, it is really hard to breathe. So I was there for a running retreat for like two days with Hoka. It was very fun. Got to meet some other runners that are also racing Big Sur. But this, we had yoga one day and the yoga instructor came up to me after and she was like, are you CMOS girlies? And I'm so sorry, I forgot your name if you're out there listening to the pod or maybe she's just like a meme page girly. But I was like, you're kidding. You're a CMOS girly? And she's like, yeah, I don't really know how I found the page. And we were yapping about wellness. And I found myself at this one health store called Local Juicery. And like they had coconut cult, they had bee pollen, they had like so many different elixirs and smoothies. And so I went there every single day just you know, in honor of being a CMOS girly, but it was very fun and very witchy and very hippie in a way that I didn't really anticipate about Flagstaff, I guess. Um, and the running kicked me in the ass. So that was very good. And then I got back to New York on Friday at 1am or Saturday at 1am. And my mom was coming into town because she's a volleyball coach. She only gets so many weeks off for work and it happened to be this weekend. So I landed and I had to run 16 miles and then she landed from her flight. And I was like, maybe four miles into my run and she texted me she was like landed off to my hotel and it really kicked me in the ass to do my run a lot faster because I was like holy shit my mom's here I gotta like get back home and shower and whatever and I PR'd on a run which was great and then got to hang out with her the whole weekend so I'm happy as a clam but I'm very exhausted as a introvert and I'm going to be hibernating for this uh, upcoming week ahead as a fellow introvert, I'm also exhausted from that chaos of a week, but you know, it's like nice to be like busy and just be able to fast forward through, you know, a week of February, like you said, it's almost March. Um, my last intro topic is like a food discovery. Actually, my boyfriend got me onto these. They might be like only available in the New York city area. They're also only found at like random bodegas, but anyway, they're called off the farm bars and they're like really, really nutrient dense kind of like meal replacement bars. I don't like to call it that because like you can eat it as a snack, Um, but it's like cashew butter based, date based. And there was like a whole plethora of different flavors. I really like the apple cinnamon. So it has like dried apple and like full chunks of like pecan and like other nuts and seeds. The mega co- coconut is also good. Um, But these have been like my like jam just for like an afternoon little pick me up or like a pre-workout. If I like know I'm going to be swimming like a really, really long uh distance or like have like a longer swim and I think if anyone's like an endurance athlete training for a marathon what have you I definitely recommend checking them out and what I like is that there's like a good amount of like healthy fats and like protein in them because I feel like so many date-based bars it's like really just like dates and like two percent peanuts and then I just feel like I usually experience a sugar crash just because it's like so overly not sweet but there's just like so much more sugar from the dates which is like obviously totally fine there's fiber and whatnot but I definitely like something that feels a little bit more dense and filling right. um so that's kind of been my latest food obsession I've just been like eating the same stuff over and over again um just because I don't have the mental capacity to really be creative at this point in time with meals. Um, I did have rotisserie chicken today, which really absolutely hit the spot. Ooh. And I like missed, missed that greatly. Um, so yeah, if anyone is in the New York area and you try an off the farm bar, let me know what your thoughts are. Love that. Yeah. I was eating out a lot with my mom this weekend. Um, some of my favorite restaurants as of lately that I went to with her and we actually got to go into that, which was all nice. Cause I was like worried about reservations, we went to Kiki's in Lower East Side, which is Greek food, got this huge meat platter, which was great. Um, the zucchini chips are probably my favorite thing on the menu. I've been there a few times. Went to Winsun Bakery in Brooklyn, which is like a Taiwanese um, bakery. They also have a restaurant, but they have really interesting pastries and sandwiches. So got that. Went to Jeans on Lafayette. We got just like traditional American food. And then we went to Supermoon Bakehouse for pastries we went to Sugar Sweet Bakery in Essex Market for pastries. Mm-hmm. And the brownie that I got was like my favorite brownie that I've gotten in New York City. Um, I'm a big brownie girl. That's like a nostalgic, nostalgic um, treat of mine from childhood. And I feel like a lot of brownies are either too healthy and they taste like I'm eating fucking black beans and dates ground up. Or yeah. um, I don't know. I just can't find one that's the right like thickness and density, whatever. And then we also went to Shop Sins, which is like honestly a spot I kind of wanted to gatekeep, but it is pretty well known. It's like my favorite like weird diner food. The menu is like an encyclopedia, and you always can find just really wacky stuff there. So if anyone's visiting New York, I know we've gotten a few messages on CMOS girlies lately of like recommendations for New York City. Maybe hit up some of those restaurants, you know, Emma and I are DM away if you want more uh, recommendations. We're always happy to help the girlies. 
We are always happy to help. Yeah. What was, what did you get at Supermoon Bakehouse? Cause that's like very close to my apartment and I've never been, but I know it's like a trendy Instagram spot. Yeah, it's trendy. We went out an off time just cause we were walking and my mom's hotel was near there. Um, we got some sort of like cruff, cruffin, I was going to say like croissant donut type thing. It's not like the Dominique Ansel like cronut thing. Um, but it was good. I mean, it f- tasted like chocolate bread with some sort of raspberry filling. I have no idea, but they're known for having really um, interesting croissants that are like different flavors and different, you know, kind of um, fusions of pastries and stuff. So I definitely would recommend, but probably do not go on a weekend because you will hit up a line. Noted, noted, noted. Um. Okay, well, that gets us sort of into today's yeah, episode. Not? We're just gonna, <laughs> that's not the greatest tradition, yeah. but again, it's like 7 p.m. We both worked a full day, so, you know, the brain cells aren't entirely there, but we're just gonna touch on a few different topics, some overhyped health foods. Um, kind of like stretch recovery uh, supplements to take to support your muscles and some other fun random things. Uh, so Kate will call me back and we will get into the episode. Yeah, we got a lot of fun topics and we'll talk to you in a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, CMOS girlies. We are so excited to announce today's podcast sponsor, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Are you tired of cooking the same slop? Well, spice it up with the premier variety offered by Green Chef. You can embark on a delicious culinary adventure this year with Green Chef's diverse menu with 80 plus options. Green Chef even has tons of lifestyle preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, you name it. Supporting your gut health can be challenging, but Green Chef makes it really easy and fun because their meals are nutrient-dense, science-backed, gut and brain health recipes, which are all developed in partnership with registered dietitians that can help improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. If you girlies are looking at, to stock up your pantry on different functional snacks and clean beverages, you know, the ones that support your gut and brain health this January, lucky for you, 
Green Chef has different green bundles, which are a curated selection of unique handpicked goods that support your overall wellness goals. Emma and I love using Green Chef to learn how to cook new dishes, to spice up our pantry with new goodies and snacks, and have much less worry about grocery shopping. So if you're interested in trying out Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash 60CMOS and use code 60CMOS to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Now back to the show. Okay, CMOS Frillies, we are going to get into today's episode. Again, we're going to be touching on a few different topics here. We're first going to start off on like why we need to regulate our, ner- our nervous system and our general tips for stress relief. I do feel like we talk about this a lot, but I do think it is fairly important to always, you know, bubble up uh, and bring back to everyone's attention. There's definitely been like a big cultural shift in like this whole mind body connection. And there's been like a lot of conversation around dysregulated nervous systems, not just recently, but I feel like just kind of in the past few years, we've seen like this push for like low impact workouts, et cetera. Um, And I think it's like really helpful for people to be reminded like as to like why we should be doing this and like understanding a little bit more of like the science behind it. Um, so really when our body is perceiving any type of stress or even experiencing a type of stress, our bodies will release a few different hormones, including adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol. And really the issue with, you know, this constant experience of stress or this perceived stress in modern day life is that it's like constant and 24 seven versus like our ancestors, like they were experiencing, yes, stresses in terms of like people perhaps like running into their villages or like getting chased by a bear. But like now we have like the 24 seven news cycle, climate change, finances, work and social media. So a lot of this like stress is like mostly perceived and stuff that we're all kind of blowing out of proportion in our mind. And we're not really able to like get away from it just because all this stuff is like living in our ear and like is, you know, everywhere we turn. And so really like why this is so bad is that it just ultimately leads to chronic stress. And I feel like we haven't really fully seen like what this will look like for like our generation just because we're like really the first generation to like really grow up with social media and like really experience, you know, this vast, you know, access to information, whether that can be good or bad. And when we do experience chronic stress, elevated cortisol, this can just lead to like whole domino effect of, you know, just a myriad of health issues, whether that, you know, is type 2 diabetes, you know, depression, anxiety, weight gain, et cetera. Um, But like really tying this all back to our nervous system is that like when our nervous system is dysregulated, what really is happening is that our sympathetic, which is our fight or flight, and our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest nervous systems, they're highly imbalanced. When we are in a state of stress, the parasympathetic is really going to quiet down to let the sympathetic really take over. And it's going to like make you feel like hyper alert and like being, you know, it's going to also increase your heart rate as well, just to kind of get you into that fight or flight mindset. And so like really like what we're wanting here is just to kind of get those both in a balance where they're both operating at the same, you know, level essentially. And, you know, the symptoms of like this like dysregulated nervous system are going to like definitely vary from each individual just because a lot of it can be tied to our genetics to a certain extent. But a few symptoms, you know, are going to be like nausea, lack of focus, anxiety, et cetera. There's like a whole list. And like, again, like I said, it's going to vary from each individual and since we all have different tolerances, different life experiences that kind of ultimately like influence how we all respond to stress or what our tolerance is to it, stress reliefs are going to really vary from individual in terms of like which technique will work best for you. And like, yeah, sure, you can read all the self-help books in the world or listen to all the podcasts, but if you're not actively trying to like reduce the stressor, it's going to be pretty hard to feel any sense of balance. And I think this is like true for any type of a health or wellness practice. Like if you're not addressing like the root issue of like why you feel like insecure with like eating certain type of foods, or maybe you like have anxieties about like eating out, or maybe you're like unable to like stick to a certain workout routine. If you're not like addressing the root causes to like why you're never going to really experience those true results like there is some work that's going to need to be done like yeah you can like listen to a podcast about meditation but if you're not actually implementing those practices then it's kind of like what's the point um and I'm going to share a few of my tips or like ways that I manage or deal with stress relief and again I think I've gotten way better at managing my stress as I've gotten older and like granted life never gets easier but you do kind of eventually build a fairly good toolkit in terms of like what you 
know is going to help you in stressful situations. And I think like you just kind of become an adult and realize like, okay, like it is okay to ask for help versus like, you know, when you are a teen and you're super vulnerable and maybe like can't trust some people in your life. Um, For me, definitely physical activity. I think this like holds true for a lot of people. I definitely love just to swim like continuous laps up and down in a pool. It's like really, really calming because it's just like me and my thoughts and it's like a very repetitive motion. Um, Going on nice long walks are something that definitely helped me feel definitely helps me relieve my stress for sure especially if I feel like very like anxious and like my chest kind of tightens up I just notice that I feel so much lighter afterwards um listening to music with my eyes closed granted I love to listen to music while I also go on a long walk but something that I love is just like laying on my bed with my legs up against the wall with like my big noise canceling headphones and just like closing my eyes and like listening to whatever music um I need to be listening to in that moment whether it's like super aggressive or something that's like a little bit more calming or like really sad and depressing music like beach house um I think taking the time to cook a nourishing meal definitely in a stressful situation it's really easy to like scarf down your food or like I know a lot of us can experience like um you know having different cravings or maybe stress eating and I know when like I take a step back cook myself a meal and like I'm actually present with myself like it just again kind of like calms your body slows down your heart rate and you like know you're doing something good for yourself and then also lastly this is something that I've gotten better with recently but it's like talking it out with a loved one this is something that I definitely struggle with and like most people likely struggle with just because it can be scary to be vulnerable open up and like admit that like maybe you're experiencing sort of like stressor in your life um and it's like important to remember, like, it doesn't have to be a family member. You don't have to see a therapist. Of course, we like definitely encourage people to like go to therapy, but it can just be your best friend, you know, your boyfriend, significant other, whoever, or maybe it's like some neighbor that you have or like someone that you know at some sort of run club. Um, I definitely think just like, you know, allowing yourself to talk things out and it definitely gets easier over time. And like people can kind of like help you decode what it is that you're perhaps experiencing and help you kind of like maybe realize like what you're stressing about isn't actually the end of the world. Um, And Kate will probably chime in and give some of her um, stress relief practices. But of course, you know, there is like some proven evidence of, you know, doing certain type of like breath work and meditation, but I definitely want to remind people that if those don't work for you, that doesn't mean like you have to do them. Like there's so many different ways that people can relieve stress, you know, whether that's like making art, reading, um, et cetera. So really it's just kind of like figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. I think one that I've implemented more this year that Emma was kind of talking about is getting to the root of your problem. I think I really struggle to name feelings and to name like emotions that I have. I feel like I have really big emotions and I always have since I've been a kid. Like I always had tantrums and was crying and just like really happy or really sad. And so when I'm going through something, like as I've been going through grief, I've been really trying to be specific when I journal, not just be like, today was a tough day, but like, why was it a tough day? Like what triggered some sort of grief related thing related to my dad? I'm a big journaler. And I think my biggest advice on journaling that I think I've mentioned before, or just on my social media is there's a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it gives you very specific journaling exercises and like this kind of weekly roadmap on how to connect with your creativity. I was turned off to the book originally because I didn't describe myself as like a creative, even though I totally am as a content creator. I just feel like I, you know, I'm not an artist. I don't create like paintings or music. So I didn't think the book was for me, but it really helps you connect with, let's say maybe your personal style or your sense of self. I think it applies to everyone. I think everyone has creativity and should be able to access it. And that book got me into a regular practicing of journaling um, called Morning Pages. You do three pages of morning journaling and I haven't missed a day for three years. And previously I always found journaling to be like really hard to get into. So if you're someone that's looking to use journaling as like a way to relieve stress, I highly recommend um, the book, The Artist's Way. Now to kind of relate this um, to stress management, but for the body, my subject for today is going to be about recovery practices. I am kind of a freak with recovery. And I know like I have a lot of time as a freelancer to do these things. Like some of my job is to keep my body healthy as a runner on social media. So I know that I have a lot more time to do these things and also to investigate these things. Some of the things I'm going to mention could be financial investments for you. Um, but if you are at a place where let's say exercise is a really important thing to you, a lot of these are also very cheap that you can do. And I think when you are, you know, taking, um, taking yourself on a journey with your body, let's say you're training for a marathon or you want to get back into the routine of going to the gym or you want to swim like Emma. Um, I think a lot of people really focus on and nitpick 
the one hour a day that you are actually doing the physical activity, but you have 23 other hours in the day where you have opportunity to take care of yourself. And those are much more important in my eyes. I think the past year or so, I've learned that if you can't recover and you can't rest, you're not going to improve physically. I think I was hitting a plateau where I was like, why am I not getting better at anything? And it's because I realized like, I have to actually sit down and rest. I have to actually committing to eat more and committing to taking care of like little aches and pains that come up in my body. So some sort of like recovery practices that I think all the CMS girlies should look into and, you know, take this all individually, try it out, see what works for you. The first one, if you're working out, is going to be a dynamic warm up. This applies to anyone who lifts, runs, swims. Actually, I don't know about swimming. I'm a, you can cue me in if there's like a warm up you have to do for swimming, but like maybe you take laps before. I don't really know. Um, but you want to make sure that you are warming up before you work out. It's kind of like pulling a rubber band and just like ripping it if you're doing that before um, or you're just jumping into your working out. And so it doesn't have to be something that's daunting. It can be literally five to 10 minutes, but getting something that's a routine so you don't forget to not do it, I think is important. Um, static stretching is what most people think of when you do think of like, quote, stretching before a workout. That's something you not want to do. You do not want to do. Now, what is a static stretch? Let's think that you are standing and you grab your foot and you pull it behind your butt. And so it's a hamstring stretch. That would be something you would not want to do before a run or before a workout. And the reason for that is because static stretching actually lengthens muscles to an extended range. So when you're doing like the splits or when you're doing the stretch, I just mentioned like a hamstring stretch or a quad stretch. When your muscle group is at this extended range, it is much easier for your body to be prone to injury because it's not used to being stretched out like that. Um, when you're sitting in a cab stretch or something like that and just holding it for 20 seconds, your muscle doesn't really need to get to that lengthened, if that makes sense. If you can like visualize a, much, a muscle stretching, it's really easy, let's say you're running, for you to pound and pound and pound and then one of those steps you take to just pull that muscle so dynamic stretching is something you're doing where the blood is flowing it's a constant um, like range of motion on a joint or a muscle that you're working through you can do hip opener stretches you can do leg swing swings against the wall you can do single leg lunges where it's like lunges that are very active you can do squats you can do jumping jacks there's a lot of different youtube videos i also have some tiktoks so dm me if you want me to like send you towards that way but doing dynamic warmups are going to be something that prevents injury and prevents your body from just getting into like this super stressed out environment when you're actually exercising. You can do st static stretching after um, working out. That is totally fine. You can do it before bed if you want to, but you're just not going to want to do it before you actually get into a workout. Um, a tool that is fairly inexpensive that I think is a huge benefit is a foam roller. You can get these like anywhere from, you know, Target to any sort of like uh, gym kind of equipment place near you online there's a shit ton of them and the reason this is good is because you'll basically put your body and kind of manipulate different positions to target sore muscle groups so i was reading a book about recovery that was called good to go and it was talking about um different recovery modalities and which ones actually work and which ones are bullshit so if you want to read a book that kind of dives into everything i'm talking about um some of the things i disagree with in the book but when it was talking about foam rollers this is something that targets like actually how your muscles feel. It's not actually going to target, you know, your joints or your muscle composition, but it's something that can pain relief pretty much. Um, it's going to be pumping out lactic acid, which builds up in your muscles. So if you ever are on a run and you feel like your quads are just heavy, that's likely lactic acid that is built up in your muscles over time from being overworked. And so when you're foam rolling, you can get that out. Um, you can do this pre or post workout. It's beneficial in both kind of ends of your workout. And if you're looking to get into like really tight muscle groups, I have a lot of like really, I don't know, weird muscle strains that come up with running. I've had really tight calves where it feels or calf muscles where it feels like there's like rocks in my calves, or I also get my hips to be really tight. And I learned this during college volleyball, but you can use a tennis ball or a golf ball if you're wild and crazy. And you can put this under different like muscle groups. You're laying on the ground as an example, and you can target these different like muscle knots. So sometimes your IT band will have like a knot. And so when you put the tennis ball kind of under that area and you like manipulate your body weight to roll on it, you're able to get out like a really painful thing. And I think it's just really good to be body aware of if something does come up and it feels a little bit off, I think the hardest thing that I've learned with running is like, what is the difference between just like fatigue and what is an injury? And I would say how I would just classify those two categories is that injury pain is something that's like a repeated thing. Like my, my foot hurts on every single run. 
versus fatigue could be like, okay, my hamstring is sore because I lifted yesterday or I went to Pilates yesterday. And so when you have a foam roller or a tennis ball, you're really able to target those uh, sore muscle groups. So then they do not lead to lingering injuries and just kind of clean up any sort of sore muscle groups before you get into your next workout. Similar to that, a massage gun. So these are going to be the more like expensive thing to invest in. I think these are a great like Christmas or birthday present. You might, might feel like a freak for asking for a massage gun for your birthday, but you guys are CMOS girlies. So it's not too strange to ask for that. The reason this is good is because it's going to have that like physical, um, you know, feeling on your sore muscle groups, but you can target it much better with like an electric, like stimulating thing. Um, I think this is great for a warm up. I use my massage gun like on my quads almost before every single run. Similar to that, you could go out and get a massage. This is going to be something that's pretty expensive. I know a few like content creators that get massages that are like runner content creators. They get massages a lot. And so they can sort of like, you know, budget for it. And it's like an expense that is not that crazy for them. But I feel like massages are not doable for the average person, unless you're like a quote athlete or a professional athlete or like a college athlete or something. But massages can be good to like treat yourself to. Similar to that, cupping is a really cool exercise. I feel like it became popular in the US, at least from like Michael Phelps, uh, when he had a bunch of cut marks on his back. But it's been around for centuries. And this is a, um, a practice that is for targeting sore muscles once again. So you put these glass, not you, but you put someone will put these like glass cups on your uh, back or your legs or any sort of muscle group that is feeling fatigued. And it sort of pulls out... Uh, the blood oxygen or not the blood oxygen, but it pulls the blood to that area, which is why those lumps sort of form and it helps reduce inflammation, help recovery time. And I have an at home cupping set from this company within. And so it's not the glass cupping. You can put it on yourself, but it's silicone cups. And so if I'm like writing emails, I'll just like put my cups on my calves if they're tight or something like that. I always have to use like a CBD lotion or a muscle cell. Otherwise the cups are not going to like stick to your leg. But that's kind of a cool thing you can do. Like if you're a work from home girly and you're looking for new ways to incorporate recovery, you could get this at home cupping set. It's fairly affordable and you could target like sore muscles throughout the day um, just to sort of multitask. I think when you are working, like working from home as an example, it is pretty limited. We're like, yeah, you can't be getting a massage like while you're writing emails or like while you're on a Zoom call, but you could have a tennis ball like under your foot and roll out your foot. Like I do that almost every single day you could get this cupping set, you know, you could get a massage gun. And like, when you have a break from a call, like massage gun your legs for five minutes, there's really easy ways to program in recovery. And I think a lot of the times people don't do recovery because it seems like I have to commit an hour to stretching. Like, fuck no, I'm not going to stretch for a fucking hour. But if it's something that's five minutes or 10 minutes, I think it's much more approachable to do. The next one is hot and cold therapy. Now there's a lot of research about the benefits of these things for, you know, stimulating your body to adapt to temperatures on the extreme. Um, depending on what season it is, one of these might be better than the other. I was not taking cold showers like throughout the winter. I was putting on the hot, the hot shower as much as I could. Um, but it's something that can be beneficial, as I said, for helping your body adapt to different stressors. Um, saunas are going to be probably the most accessible way to do hot exposure. And, you know, you could go to a sauna near you, et cetera. Epsom salt baths are another great way to get that hot uh, exposure. And I think Epsom salt baths, while they're great for having like the magnesium sulfate that helps your body relax and recover, taking a bath before bed helps your body calm down because that hot temperature like signals to your nervous system, like it is time for us to rest. So I think if you're someone that struggles with getting to sleep like you feel super wired i think the ritual of taking a bath can be really good for you and then when it comes to cold plunges and cold therapy this is something like you could do an ice bath you could do a cold shower and once again you're going to be able to tolerate the cold the more you expose yourself to the cold and you also could do contrast therapy which i've not played around with much i feel like huberman talks about this a lot but it's basically where you do like 10 minutes of cold 10 minutes of hot but I think with this, you know, to have this leisure time to like have a cold plunge and also a sauna is going to be difficult to do. Like maybe you go to some sort of spa in your area that has both things. But yeah, most of us do not have access to a cold bath and then like a sauna at the same time. So if you guys have found any ways to like hack the system and do cold and hot therapy, definitely let me know. 
The next one that I've gotten really into is CBD and how it helps with inflammation and sore muscles. There's a ton of different ways you could take CBD if you are interested. You could get like a roll-on stick that can target muscle groups. You could get lotion to target muscle groups. Um, you can get different like topicals. You also can play around with edibles. There's oils, etc. And I think this is something that is still taboo as someone who does a lot of content in like the weed and CBD space. Um, and we don't have a lot of research on CBD because the government has not funded these things. And so it's kind of a chicken and the egg where a lot of these companies want to point to the benefits of their product. But since the government hasn't put funding into it, we're kind of behind on it. Um, but CBD and like THC, like THC has been around forever. It's a plant. Um, the stigmas have come from like the war on the drugs, the war on drugs by Reagan in the 80s. And so a lot of people have like stigmatized these things as being like closer to more harmful drugs. And, you know, you can have your own opinions about like weed and CBD, but I think that CBD is a pretty common thing in terms of like the recovery and even like the professional athletic space. A lot of athletes are using CBD because it is a more quote holistic version of things like, uh, uh, what am I thinking of steroid creams that can go on for pain management. So I find it to be a really good thing to just once again, like stay in touch with how your body feels like my knee is hurting. Okay. Before I go to bed, I'm going to put some CBD lotion on it. Hopefully that can do something while I'm asleep. And then the next point that I have is just, you know, sleeping. Um, your body can't recover without rest. If you're only getting like five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep every single night, you might feel okay, but under the surface, your body's not actually recovering over time. And then I think another point that is going to depend on individual is sort of variety in the types of movement you do and the intensity level. So if you're going to hit class every single day, your body's not adapting to different stressors. Like it's not getting good at that zone two recovery that we talk about. You're only really adapting to like your zone four, zone five cardio. And so you want to make sure that you're doing different intensity levels so your body can recover for the next workout. Like even though we think that I think some, we think in um, Western countries that we have all this power and autonomy and agency over our body, you can only push your body so far before something's going to come up. And those things that come up, injury, fatigue, illness. And so I think you have to really vary what type of movement you're doing in order to have a long career with moving, um, or I guess just like a long life with staying active. Um, and another way you can target this is just breathing exercises and meditation. Like we talked about in that previous episode, you know, you can find guided exercises online. There's different breathing patterns that can help you relax. And that's a really underrated thing to do. And it doesn't have to take a long time. Once again, everything I mentioned here, you could make it take a long time if you have that time. But I really want to emphasize that recovery practices should be like 10 minutes throughout the day, maybe 20. And I think that's going to be the best way for you guys to like start incorporating these things into your everyday life. And expanding onto that, we're going to talk about supplements for muscle recovery or just really any supplements to assist you in your physical activity journey. Um, we do get a lot of questions about like supplements to take. And I think it's like helpful just to give everyone like a very defined um, recommendation. And so today we're going to talk about those particular for muscle recovery. So again, there's going to be so many different like natural remedies and supplements on the market that are going to help you with relaxing, distressing, building muscle and strength and like, you know, muscle tension and muscle relief. So I think it's really just figuring out what your end goal is and what you're seeking to help support you in when it comes to physical activity. So the first is creatine, which I'm sure a lot of girlies know and probably already take. It is one of the most researched supplements on the market. So there is a lot of validity and, you know, it is something that you can trust and you know that you're going to like actually experience that results. And really what creatine does, it helps with like the ATP production within our muscles. So it's going to be like really generating more energy during our workouts and speeding up the muscular regeneration process after we exercise. I know Kate takes creatine. I don't personally take it, but like I said, so many professional athletes are taking creatine. Next is going to be BCAAs, which are which is short for branched chain amino acids. And these are essential amino acids that can only be attained really through like a tailor-made diet or through supplementation. And what's really important about branched chain amino acids is that they're A, important for muscle growth and recovery because they really help with reducing this like exercise-induced muscle damage. And so Yes, you can find them in foods, but it's best to take them in a supplement form if you're like really trying to be strategic with them. And, you know, taking something such as like a huge branch chain amino acid is going to really allow for that perfectly balanced dosage just because you don't want to be like 
taking things at like different dosages. So definitely getting something that incorporates all of the BCAAs. Next protein, this obviously isn't a supplement, but food is going to be your best friend when it comes to recovery and fuel. You really want to restore those glycogen stores, but also if you are someone who is exercising, whether you like lift in a very serious way, but if you are someone who does cardio, like you still want to be consuming adequate protein, not just because of like, you know, the other health benefits of, you know, maintaining muscle mass and everything, but like you do just like have so much more energy having protein. And it is like, again, the basic of building blocks and you need it to really repair and rebuild damaged muscle. And even when you are doing cardio, like you are kind of repairing a little bit, repairing and also breaking down a little bit of that muscle. And again, like with protein, you want to make sure that you're getting a complete profile of amino acids. So whether you're plant-based or if you do consume like, you know, animal meat or animal protein, uh, just make sure you're getting that complete profile. So, you know, like whey protein, there's so many plant-based proteins on the market. Um, I don't really have a particular recommendation. I feel like I'm always just kind of like buying a new one every month and trying to see which one I like. Um, electrolytes again, like with any type of endurance training or anything that's like high intensity, you're really going to need to replace the electrolytes that are lost. And if you are dehydrated, it can be very common to experience like muscle pain and cramps. So, you know, you may not think that you like sweat it a lot, but if you are experiencing cramps throughout the day, it could just be a sign of dehydration. I think also as it starts to get warmer out, people are going to start exercising outside. So you're just going to naturally be sweating more. And also for all my swimmers, um, yes, you do sweat when you do swim. So um, I know it can be like kind of confusing since you're in a body of water, but definitely make sure that you are supplementing with electrolytes um, post or during your workout. Next, this one's probably like not at like the top of like the list of things that you need to be taking, but tart cherry juice is an antioxidant and is anti-inflammatory since it is a polyphenol compound. Again, something as turmeric could be another substitution here. Anything that is like highly anti-inflammatory and this will just help with oxidative stress and decreasing blood markers. Um, probably one of the, our favorites and one that like most CMOS rallies are taking is magnesium. And I definitely recommend this for everyone, regardless of your physical activity level. Um, if you are training for a sport or activity or exercising just a lot in general, you're depleting your body of like very essential minerals and nutrients. And this definitely includes magnesium. Also, all of us are just naturally um, going to be low in magnesium just due to like soil degradation. Um, and also magnesium can help with like stress. So this kind of like ties into like a lot of the points that we're talking about today on the podcast. Um, but any hoozles, um, you really need to be supplementing with magnesium um, and this particular mineral just to give your body back like those crucial nutrients, allowing your muscles and nervous system and other systems to recover. Magnesium is involved in over 300 processes around the body or throughout the body. And one of them is kind of like this like muscle relaxation. Um, so, you know, there's so many different forms and different strains, strains. So figure out what kind of is best for you. I've been taking the magnesium by Glycinate, uh, just the Whole Foods brand, and I've really been enjoying it. Citrate's going to be better for digestive purposes. So if you're really trying to target your muscles, definitely just make sure you're getting the strain the best aligns there. And then lastly, kind of like I said earlier about like protein and like food, you just want to make sure that you're adequate, adequately fueling before and after. I feel like kind of early on in my exercise journey and before I started swimming, I like wouldn't really properly fuel. And then I always wondered like why I never had energy at the gym or like why I would just kind of like die or burn out like mid practice. And I definitely have now prioritized probably like what I eat like the night before, but also like the morning of, and I just feel so much more like energized throughout the extra throughout the workout. And, you know, I think just if you are someone who doesn't, or I know a lot of people have to like wake up early and maybe you don't have like the biggest appetite. It doesn't have to be like a big fancy meal. It can just be like a protein bar, anything that is giving you like some good quick carbs, maybe a little bit of protein and fat. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And then also, just always making sure that you're eating afterwards. There's a whole lot of back and forth in terms of like the best window. They usually say anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes or to two hours, excuse me. Uh, but really, I think what you should be focusing on more is like the quality of the food that you're eating versus the timing. So making sure, A, you're prioritizing your carbs and also protein. 
Yeah. And I know there was that statement that like you need to eat like super quickly after you work out. And most podcasts I've listened to that have talked about that subject of eating after training is like, as long as you're getting enough protein throughout the day, you're probably fine. Now you're probably going to feel better if you recover earlier. So like, as Emma was saying, I always try to make sure I have a meal like pretty quickly after I eat. But if you're stressed out, like you don't have time, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like your muscles are not going to fall off your body. You're going to be okay. Um, but it is good to have like an idea of what you're going to eat after just because like you want to make sure that you're eating something and you're able to get in different nutrients throughout the day. Um, the last topic, someone asked like, do you guys think there's any overhyped health foods? And while I could probably name like a lot of the overhyped health foods, I also don't think it's probably really important that I do or Emma does like one, neither of us are nutritionists or dietitians Two, I don't know you. I don't know your background. I also don't know your cultural background because there's a lot of supplements and different holistic practices and herbs and adaptogens where I might think this is something not necessary, but it might be something that you have religiously used, um, religiously, actually religiously, or just like uh, obsessively used for your whole life. And it's really worked for you. So I don't think it's important to think about health foods as being overhyped or not hyped, but I wanted to make this topic kind of talking about like what are sort of red flags that can exist in the wellness space when you are analyzing products or routines or a TikTok video that comes up on your feed? And I think most CMS girlies intuitively know this, but I think here are some best practices when it comes to, you know, analyzing big health and wellness on the internet. I think number one, any product that's claiming to cure an ailment, um, something that's curing cancer or disease or chronic illness or a serious health problem, I think that is a reason to think of it as a red flag. When these problems take a lot of blood work, help, um, you know, longevity, I think a lot of research and experimentation. I think if you're someone that's gone on like SSRI as an example, you're not going to find the right SSRI the first time. Maybe you do, and that's great for you. But with any sort of um, well-being practice, it's going to take a lot of trial and error. And I think that's where a lot of people will buy a product, use it for a week, and then maybe not see some results that the product was claiming on social media. And that's because our body is a system, right? Let's say you start taking a probiotic and you don't really feel like it works. It might be working underneath, but you might have other underlying health issues where you can't feel the effects of the probiotic. Or maybe you're super deficient in something else that is affecting the bioavailability of a probiotic. So I think my number one thing is that if a product is claiming to cure some sort of huge health complication in a very short period of time, I think that raises question for alarm. You shouldn't be able to see results, like physical results in weeks, or your blood work should not be able to change in weeks. It's going to take like six months at best to see blood work change over time. And if you do see results in weeks, let's say it's something like, you know, you've lost weight or your body looks different or pair of pants fit. I don't know. These are all like triggering things. Um, I think if you see that it's not really good because something bad under the surface is probably happening to your health and your body when you do see such quick changes. I think one of the biggest ones that happens with people who are yo-yo dieting and chronic dieting is like you are ruining your metabolism solely over time by the act of under eating. And you might think like, Ooh, the number is going down in the scale. God forbid you still use a scale. Um, I don't Well, the last time I've gotten on a scale. Um, you could also be losing water weight. I think that's a huge thing that happens where people get super obsessed with some sort of diet or lifestyle protocol. And like, overall, you're not actually changing your body composition that much if you're not supplementing it with, you know, building muscle and keeping your metabolism working versus dieting, which shuts down your metabolism. And then lastly, losing muscle mass. Um, we've talked about this a plethora of times. I won't get too much into it, but specifically as women, as we age, there hits a point when you start losing muscle and you start losing your bone density over time. And if you're not doing enough in your 20s and 30s to build your bone density and to build muscle, you can't really get that time back. And so a lot of women suffer from hip injuries that can be fatal or can require like hip surgery when they're older. A lot of women like can't walk or can't be as mobile as they thought they would be in their like 60s and 70s. And so building that protective skeletal muscle on your body is going to be super beneficial. And so that's why when you see like results that stuff is changing, like if you're losing muscle mass in your body, I, you're probably losing weight on the scale. That's actually not benefiting your health by any means. It's like taking you back 
um, a few steps. So just remain in caution of those things. I think any product that is trying to sell itself on villainizing a different food or a lifestyle, I think we have an episode called the diet wars where we talk about how, you know, the vegan people fight with the keto people and the paleo people fight with the whole 30 people. Right. And when you look at it, it's like, why are we all trying to make people choose such specific protocols for their health when we just want everyone to be more healthy, like as a population? I think when you're a company, let's say you're a gluten-free company, you know, you should be able to sell your product or supplement without trashing competition. You should be so, um, you know, proud of your own product and proud of you creating gluten-free products. You shouldn't have to trash some other brand. And I just feel like it gets messy when brands do that back and forth. I think an example of this, I find Olipop to be doing this really well, where they brand themselves as we are a healthy soda alternative, right? They don't really explicitly mention Coke or Pepsi, right? I don't think they're trying to piss off like big soda, even though that's exactly who they're targeting. And I also credit Olipop for trying to make their product actually affordable and accessible to people. Like they are trying to make it at the same margin that Coke and Pepsi are to take out big soda in the Midwest specifically. Versus a lot of these wellness beverage companies, right? They only want to be $12 and be at Erwan and be in the hands of celebrities. And so I think when a product actually is trying to democratize wellness as much as they can versus remain exclusive, that's always a huge green flag to me. I think a lot of like tin fish companies talk a lot about their sourcing and their ethics of their product. And maybe even when products or companies talk about why their margins are higher, I find that to be super cool to see as a customer. Um, two of my friends have started the company oddly, which I think a lot of the girlies know. Um, they're two Stanford grads that started a clothing company to repurpose old dead stock fabric into clothing. And they do like pricing videos on TikTok talking about like, why is our t-shirt this much money? And they talk about, well, you know, we have to pay for the fabric that is this much. We have to pay our sewer, which is this much versus when people are used to like buying a $2 t-shirt at Shein. So I think anytime a product is very vocal and open about why their product is so expensive. If it's like coconut cult as an example, like why are those probiotic little jars of coconut yogurt so expensive? I find that to be a really like it like super um honest, transparent company that I would want to support their values. And like if you can't actually afford this every single month, totally get it. I totally hear you. There's a lot of products where I'm like, that's out of my pay grade. But at least the company is trying to do quote the right thing when it comes to environment, ethics, labor rights, etc. And then I think the last one that always like bothers me is when you see a company that is rooted in some sort of vanity claim, you know, we're going to be the anti-bloating or the skinny tea, like those, those bullshit products. Right. And I think a lot of influencer ads start off their videos with like body checking or some sort of weight loss thing. I'm thinking of like bloom nutrition and like how they've used like influencer marketing to build their brand. Um, and I also think looking at why did the founders start this product, right? We have a lot of shit in the world already. You know, we got a lot of fun beverages that already exist on the shelf. We have a lot of um, dusts and protein powders and protein bars. I know Emma made a meme about protein bars today. And like, there's hundreds on the fucking market. Why does yours need to exist? And so I do think that looking at like the website of some of these brands is pretty interesting um, if you are kind of curious about like, where did this product even come from? Or like, what's the mission of that? Um, but yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think there's any really overhyped health foods. I think there can definitely be expensive health foods and kind of like they become buzzy in like the Western context. But I do think there is like validity towards a lot of these products that are trying to get created in the US. And so knowing the history, knowing the founder, knowing the product and the brand mission can be beneficial to like get through the noise of it all. Yeah, like Kate said, there's so many brands on the market and some just get more spotlight than others. And just because one does get more spotlight doesn't inherently make it like overhyped per se. Yeah. So that's the app. Um, I think we're going to do a long, a long pod next week about reproductive health and sexual wellness. So we'll have a little question tab up in Geneva and on the meme page for you girlies, but that's it for a Monday night. Um, I need to take a bath and get some sleep tonight. What about you? Um, same over here. Got definitely get some good sleep. All right. Well, we will talk to you girlies next week. Hope you enjoyed the show and see you on the meme page. <laughs>